All right, uh, put your uh, bulletin aside, if you would. We'll jump into the book of Hebrews. Let's ask the blessing. Father, as we look to this wonderful book where we see Jesus compared favorably to all that is, uh, we're not those who shrink back. Lord, uh, quicken our faith here this morning. We want to see Jesus in a way that perhaps we haven't seen him before, in a way that will uh, take on new meaning in our lives. And we ask it in, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us therefore fear. Wait a second. got to stop already. Let's fear? You know the most often command in the Bible is fear not. And now let us fear. Well, there are things that we should be afraid of. You know, I, I told you I'm not afraid of, of, of death. I'm afraid of dying. I mean, I'm not worried about what waits, what, uh, what waits on the other side. There are ways I don't want to go. I'm not interested in the pain, the suffering leading up to death. I've said, you know, before, I don't want to die by degrees a little bit every day for a long, extracted period. Will that happen to me? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, we don't get to say. Um, other things to be afraid of? Yeah, we're told to fear God a lot of times, a lot of places. And, and people say that means reverential trust. I don't think it means at least that. Listen, it, it's easy to figure out. If you had a good dad, if you had crazy psycho dad, you, just fear, but that's for all the wrong reasons. I had a very loving dad. My wife did. Uh, we come from like normal dad universe, okay? And we loved our dads right? We miss them now, they're gone, right? Did we fear our dads? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, for all the right reasons, not for wrong, crazy, psychotic reasons, for reasons that when my mom said, listen here, young man, you wait till your father gets home, she was not pronouncing a benediction on my head. It was a threat, I got it, and I dreaded dad coming home. We know what it is to have a dad who loves us and who we fear. And we're told to fear God. Listen, we, we don't want to cross God. He, we, say, I, I always, we always talk very often about how loving he is, how gracious, how kind. He's, he's compassionate. He's slow to anger. Does he anger? <laughs> yeah. And if you're at cross purposes with him, it's in a, that's a bad place to be. What happens if you find ourselves in that place? Repent. He loves repentance. Uh, so here we're told to fear, but I want you to understand that what the reason for it is. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left of us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. You should be afraid that you're not getting all that God has for you. I don't know how many of us fear that. And God's heaped these blessings on us, and it's like, makes me crazy that I might not grab one. Is that what he's saying? I think so. And we should fear. Uh, what is this rest? Now listen, this is going to be a problem because we think of rest, we think of like on the seventh day God rested. And by the way, he's going to allude to that here. Now what did God not do on the seventh day? Okay, Saturday morning, God's bushed, just beat. Man, I've been creating all week. Well, actually, it comes in Friday night at evening, right? He said, thank me, it's Friday. Kicks back, kicks his sandals up and just, whew, man, I am wiped. None of that, right? 
So we got to understand rest from a point of view that we don't, because we think of rest as goofing off, as, and we're lazy, we love the word rest, okay? We looked at Wednesday night, Jesus calling the disciples, right? What were they doing? The first four, fishing. Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they were fishermen. Jesus, come follow me. They were busy about activity. And we looked and we said, you know, David, uh, when he's called, he's, he's tending his father's sheep. When Moses, when he's called, he's tending his father-in-law's sheep. Uh, and we can look at, you know, all the different ones through all Scripture that were, you know, Gideon's threshing grain. We, everyone's like bustling with activity and God calls them. You know, does God want a bunch of lazy people on his team? Generally not. And if you're lazy when you get into the kingdom, he'll generally work that out of you. Um, um, so it's not like a cessation from activity, goofing off on being lazy. But there is a rest, and we're going to talk a lot about it. And we don't want any of you to seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached. So this rest has to do with the gospel first. And gospel here just means good news, right? For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now what are we talking about them? Remember, uh, this... There's no chapters when Hebrews is, read, is, is, is written. Okay, the author, who I think is Paul, and I've never been sure, and nobody's quite sure. Uh, they just went line after line after line after line. Okay, a new thought, and kind of what we would call a paragraph or a chapter, but not, th- th- there's no, okay, uh, the Holy Spirit of God said, okay, now cha- start chapter 4. It's a continuation of chapter 3, or just what went on before. And the them is referring to, if you look back in verse 17, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Okay, so we're talking about the children of Israel. They came out of Egypt, but they didn't quite make it into the promised land. Why? God was grieved with them. Read here, vexed. Read here, upset. Okay, just why? They, they, it was a lack of faith. And he warns us, because look back, back in verse, verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. How does that happen? Well, it happens all the time. I gave us examples. I can't, I'm not going to name names, but you've all seen it. I think I had us raise our hand. Does anyone know somebody who used to be faithful to things of God? Now, we all, we all know someone. We all know many someones. So we, so we, we see the, that in our real life uh, acted out all the time. We see people who have uh, had an evil heart of unbelief and they departed from the living God. And we're supposed to exalt one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Unbelief leads to sin. As a matter of fact, that's why a lot of people have unbelief, because I get to sin now. And a lot of people don't want belief. Hey, there's a creator. He created you. Oh, I don't believe that. Why? Because in the end of the day, I don't get to say who I sleep with or who I sin with or who, what kind of activities I'm involved with. If I'm uh, accountable to a creator, guess what? All of a sudden, my life looks different. And a lot of people don't want that to happen. So they don't want there to be a God. And they, they, they have this active unbelief to keep God out so that I can keep sin in. And more and more, I see this in America more than any other time. I used to say this. There's three reasons that'll keep you from, three things that'll keep you from God. Sin. Nobody told you 
and the other one was, I can't even remember. I don't, I don't say it all the time no more. Because I think the thing in America is, is sin. I want sin. I don't want God. And I even see it in the church. People select sin, and guess who they don't select? They don't select God. And it's an evil heart of unbelief, and it leads to sin in verse 13. And now this is what we were looking at. And now in chapter 4, let us therefore, because of all these things that went before us, let's fear, because uh, lest a promise being left unto us of entering into the rest, any of you should seem to fall short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Them who? The three million or so who died in the wilderness. You're saying the gospel was preached unto them? Yeah. Yeah. See, the gospel is really kind of a New Testament idea. I mean, you know, Matthew 1, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Remember, we looked at that verse and we took that apart and we looked at that's what is the Messiahship of Jesus is all about. Well, those of you here on Wednesday night, um, to be a son of David is to be a king. To be a son of Abraham is to be a Jew. So what it's saying in code is Jesus Christ, the king of the Jews. In other words, the Messiah. And that ushers in the good news. Belief in him gives you uh, exemption from hell and eternal life and all the benefits that go with being an heir of the creator. And plus much more. Yeah, it was a good place for name. Get one. That's good. <laughs> Me and you, Bob. We, we got this, okay? We're, hey, for unto that, us is the gospel preached, but it was preached unto them too. I, I think people understand, understand this all wrong. A lot of people are really fuzzy-headed with the idea of theology uh, as far as salvation is concerned. No, really. In the Old Testament, they were saved by keeping the law, and now we're saved by believing in Jesus Christ. Piffle. Isn't that the word? That's ridiculous. And we read, if we're careful readers, we understand that Abraham was saved by faith, and that's in Romans chapter 4, verse 5, if you can quote it, if you were in Awana back in the day. Uh, I'm trying to think of it. I'm struggling here. If somebody has, has, could start it out and help me. I'd, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. It goes on to talk about Abraham, how he was called out of Ur of the Chaldees. We're called out of our old existence into a new life. And we put the old aside and we step out by faith like Abraham did. And we're children of the, uh, Abraham more than his physio physiological, his physical descendants. And Galatians tells us that and talks, makes much about the seed, not seeds, and speaking of Jesus Christ and those of us who believe in him. But it was always the same way. People were always saved by grace through faith, by faith through grace. People always had to believe in, in God, and it was credited to them or counted to them for righteousness. Again, that's what's said about uh, Abraham. Was David saved? Yeah, was he a law keeper? David was kind of a law breaker, right? We like David a lot because he's kind of us and he's, we see that he loved God and he had a heart that was right towards God. He was a man after God's own heart and he had a lot of uh, skullduggery, uh, bad behavior, sin, in a word, sin. Was he saved because he was such a righteous man? No, he was saved by, by, 
by faith in God. He, did he know he was going to heaven? You remember after his son died, the one born to Bathsheba, he said, I'm going to go and see him. He's not going to come back and see me. He knew he was going to heaven. He said, and I right hand of joys evermore. He said, I'd rather be in the house of God, right? I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. He knew where he was going. Did he know where he was going because he was a great righteous man? Well, he had righteousness, but it was bestowed on him by the creator that he had faith in. Did he believe in Christ? Yeah. People believe in Christ before he happened. They, Messiah, or however, however you want to say it, they had faith, the same faith that we exhibit. Well, we have a lot more understanding, this side of the cross, and now with the New Testament written. But David had the same faith in the same God that we trust in. The fa- so the, the gospel was preached unto them, and it was preached unto us. What happened? Well, they didn't, they didn't, it didn't have its good effect on them. Why? They did, it didn't profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Well, is, this, is this key? Oh, this is huge. This is, I, can't, I can't tell you how huge this is. Two people come in. They're visiting. They're twins. They're conjoined twins. You just call them Siamese twins because of the, that two famous... Si- they actually were Siamese uh, we don't call them Siamese twins anymore. We call them conjoined, right? So we get, they're joined at the, they're joined, okay? They sit down next to each other. How else could they sit down? And they both hear the gospel. One gets saved and one doesn't. Is this possible? Yeah. One wants to go forward and one doesn't. Is that possible? Well, I don't know about that. Listen, how does that happen? A couple comes in. One, one hears it. It's the exact same gospel, Wait, wait. So to somebody it was dynamic and energetic and, and it was like, oh, that was the best preacher in the whole... I don't think it, that has to do with anything. The Spirit quickens the Spirit and, 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 then, and then people make a decision or they don't. It's, it's mixed with faith or it's not. I, I, I don't know, I've heard this like a thousand times. You know, oh, that, that teaching was so... I don't mean pointed at me. Well, I have heard that a few times. That's nice so he said oh that was a wonderful message i always you know it's funny to me it's funny to me it really is sometimes i have a perception of how i come across it's not exactly accurate because sometimes i think boy i got good wood on the ball i really communicate that in a way i think everyone i think i can i say hit a home run without acting too arrogant and then sometimes I think I Charlie Brown it, swing and a miss, just that was, well, maybe next time we'll say it. And, and people come up to me, and that time, say, oh, that meant so much to me. And I think, like, praise God for the Holy Spirit. I got probably in the vicinity somewhere, and God built the bridge to where I was supposed to be going and made a connection there and blessed your heart. Praise his holy name. But I think, like, how I do and how I perceive I've done isn't, the same thing at all, and I think that's fine. That's a God thing. But it got more to do with your faith and my delivery. No, I don't want to be boring. I don't want to be dull. I want to do my homework, and I want to be able to tell you what the Word of God says, okay? I'm just going to show up, and God will do what God does. He doesn't want me to be lazy anymore. He wants anyone else to be lazy, okay? But I depend on Him. And this is kind of key, because we're going to talk about this rest here and, and, and the faith that goes with it. For we which have believed do enter his rest. How do you enter his rest? By believing. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath that they shall 
Enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. What works? What's finished from the foundation of the world? What else? When God's talking about the foundation of the world, what else is he generally referring to in a word? What? Creation's... Uh, what, what, what happened to you from the foundation of the earth? Hey, when were you saved? From the foundation of the earth. That's what the scripture tells us. You know, that your, uh, uh, Steve Brown, when he was pastor Lincoln, he said that like one of his people, they, put, they had like, if you want to help, like in Sunday school, you have to have like a little resume, I guess, because they want to know that we don't want you teaching our kids if you don't know enough. If you're not saved, you don't spread that to our children, right? So they, the, one of the questions was like, when were you saved? One of the people put down from the foundation of the earth, and he said, we automatically just said, yep, yep, you're good. Uh, hey, that is scripture. When the scripture's talking about the foundation of the earth, and I know what you're talking about creation, I won't argue with that, because that's a good answer too. But for, we're saved from the foundation of the earth. And I think when he's talking here, when he uses that foundation of the earth, I think he's talking about salvation. And, and they're entering into my rest, uh, that work was finished, that salvation work was finished from the foundation. You say, wait a second, Jesus didn't die on the cross until like 4,000-ish years after the foundation of the earth. No, salvation was already determined before you ever drew your first breath. Uh, listen, I, I'm not a Calvinist, but this is what Scripture clearly teaches. I, I don't know. Uh, the Book of Life, Adam Kasperzak. Does he have his social security number? I, I, I don't think so. Uh, he, when, when did he select me? Did he select me? Yeah. Chosen. In Christ. When? From the foundation of the earth. Jesus hadn't even incarnated. He hadn't died on the cross. He looks at Colby. That's my son. Check. And, and now this, <laughs> this look, how does that work? I have no idea. I have no idea. Did I have anything to do with it? From the foundation of the earth? I don't know. Did, did he look down through the end of the time, see that I was going to select his son and select me? I, I, listen, that's above my pay grade. I don't know. I like the fact that he selected me. I like the fact that he chose me. Um. I'm trying to think of who it is, uh, that uh, famous English preacher. Yeah, uh, Spurgeon said that. I'm glad he selected me before the foundation of the earth. He waited till I was born, watched my life. He never would have selected me. That's cute, but it's not scripture at all. I, I, I mean, I, I, I know what you're saying. It's kind of a humbling, self-effacing. No, he, think about it. He looked at my <laughs> mayhem, scandal, uh, my life lived in direct opposition to his will. He looked at all that dreck and all that sin and depravity and wickedness and says, that boy right there, yeah, he's mine. Check. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, praise God indeed. Uh, did faith enter into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the gospel came. I, I responded. Uh, um, if they shall enter into my rest, although the, the works are finished from the foundation of the earth. Um, for he spake in a certain place on the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. So I understand. See, you're saying 
creation. I'm thinking, yeah, you're right, you're right. There it is right there. He ceased from activity. And the point is, is that those who enter his rest cease from activity. Listen, I know this much about my salvation. I stopped trying to earn it. I got saved. I stopped trying to earn it. Listen, this is religion in a nutshell. Pick any flavor you want. God's bugged with me, but if I do enough right things, I'll earn his love. And each religion has a different view of what these right things are that you have to do or abstain from doing to earn his love. Here's the gospel of Jesus Christ. He loves you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, yeah, but I'm a miserable this. And I, we know that. That's not even arguable. That doesn't even enter into the picture. It, I, God loved that he gave his only begotten son that whoever what? behaves, whoever does a lot of religious activity, whoever does this beehive of activity, whoever's working their tail off, who's ever trying to earn it, who's trying to merit God. No. No, not him who behaveth, him who believeth. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Is that a rest? It kind of is to me. Lord, I'm coming, here I am. Now, now, now I get to be lazy because I've entered into this rest. Well, now hold on. Another place that they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some may, uh, must enter therein, and they to whom at first preached entered not in because of unbelief. And I think we just, we've handled that, right? He's talking about those who were in the wilderness. They first heard but they entered in not because of unbelief. Did they enter into not? Well, if your carcasses are falling in the wilderness, that's a good example of not entering in. So you're saying that Canaan and crossing Jordan is a picture of entering in. Yeah. You say, but I know something about that time. They fought giants. They had like seven years of war against ten tribes, three before they crossed over and seven after, major tribes with like, you know, giants and, and all kinds of walled cities and chariots and uh, all, all kinds of battles and stuff like that. That's entering in? That's rest? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, listen, because this type of rest we enter into, it's not like a cessation from activity. Uh, as I'll show you, uh, they didn't enter in, but we're entering in. Again, he limiteth, uh, limiteth a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you'll hear his voice, harden out your heart. Now, we looked at that last week. It's always, Scripture's always uh, uh, very clear about this. You know, yesterday and the day before and whatever, that's, that's history. Tomorrow, we can't deal with tomorrow. The only time we have is right here, right now. And the Spirit of God understands that. And He says, today, if you'll hear His voice, harden out your heart. Uh, don't, you know, uh, you know, sometime I'll get to, uh, yeah, after I've sowed my wild oats and stuff like that, then I'll become a Christian. Listen, you're never guaranteed any, anything more than today. So what happens if you die at night? But that's not even the issue. I think the issue is, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people like, yeah, yeah, I know, I should probably get saved. Yeah, yeah, but, and they ain't finished sinning yet. Go out there and sin up a storm. Won't be here when you get back. 
But I think that's stupid. I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. And the reason why is because, one, sin never benefits. It never is going to get you where you think you need to be. It, it always promises much more than it delivers. Uh, stolen water is a sweep, but we always end up with a mouthful of gravel, right? Because that's what Scripture teaches. Uh, the package is nicely, is, is beautiful. It's got a ribbon and it's wonderful shiny paper. Scripture uh, says that. Satan hands us, as it were, this, this package and we open it up and it's just decay and death and ne- never takes us where we want to be. Two, I think what happens is you get a hardness of heart. You, you say no to Scripture, okay? The Spirit of God is moving in your life, moving in your heart. Accept Christ. Enter into His rest. Stop working. Stop. And, and so we, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And so, you know, uh, hey, if you have this, uh, if God's speaking to you, I want you to come up here afterwards and pray. And, and oh, I should, but I don't know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. And we have this big wrestling match, and we say no. And then next time we have the wrestling match, I know is easier to get to. We're pretty good at it after a while. And after a short time, it's like, you know, God is working. Nope, nope. Uh, you know, if, if the Spirit of God, nope, no. And we're, our nose are so, and, and we're, we get that hardness of heart. We, we're just so good at telling God no that, listen, unless a miracle happens, I, you know, a lot of people die in that condition. And I will get to that place. Uh, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. Therefore, uh, remaineth that there remaineth therefore rest for the people of God. Now that's altogether wrong. That's King James, and I'm a big fan, and I use King James, but sometimes it doesn't shine. Does anyone have a different version of verse eight there? For if Joshua, and that's what it means. Because here's the thing. All through the New Testament, we see the word uh, Yeshua, in, 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 and they translate it into Jesus. They basically make the name Greek. That's fine. All, you know all Greek proper nouns and an S? Did you know that? Uh, surnames. I have a lot of uh, Greek friends from back in the day when I was in Boston. They all end in an S. So thus we see Jesus, and it's, it, basically it means Joshua, Yeshua. You know, a lot of people now are calling him, you know, Jesus, Yeshua. Great. If that's what you need to do, that's fine. Uh, the fact that it's Greek and we've kind of anglicized it, I don't think that's a problem, but it is here. <laughs> because if Joshua, and it's talking about, he's talking about the Joshua in the Old Testament, the one who... Uh, came after Moses, if he had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There's prophecy like, and it's talking about past Joshua's time, okay? It's, it's, there's still a rest to be entered into. So what's he talking about? Salvation? No, because people in Joshua's day knew, knew salvation. People pre-Joshua knew salvation. Did Moses know salvation? Yeah, you think Moses in hell? That would have been a cute trick, and he appeared on uh, the Mount of Transfiguration with Elijah. There's people prior to this time, you think, you think Abraham's in hell? That's really bad theology, you know what I mean? So uh, there's salvation before this day, and there's rest after this day. Is he talking about the millennial kingdom? Because a lot of people think that. Or is he talking about just that spirit-filled life where you enter into that cease, ceasing from striving? Because many people think that. And like I say, uh, 
it's not exactly clear. This is one of the, I, I spent a lot of time mostly in prayer because I know the verses, you know what I mean? There remaineth a rest for the people of God. That he that entered into the rest, he hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Now, God didn't cease activity. God just ceased creation. And he upholds it all. So he's still not, it's not that he's not working. It's that he just ceased from creation. Um, I think our works are this, our cessation from works. It's, it's striving to be approved of God. We're stri- we're, we, we cease from striving to be acceptable to God. Is that okay with you? Because my whole thinking is like when I got saved, me and God, we're like, he loves me. I'd say something else even blows my mind. He likes me. Go and figure. And, and scripture tells us that as well. And you almost think, yeah, he's our father. He has to love us, you know. <laughs> That's the rule someone God has to love. He's a loving no, he likes us. Like, enjoys our company. It's weird to me. Uh, he that entereth in hath ceased from his own works, as God did, did from him. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into his rest. Okay, <laughs> I thought I understood it. Take the Bible, flip it up. I, uh, I give up. Let us work to rest. That's what it's telling me, right? But that's a lot of scriptures like that, non-intuitive. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into his rest. You've got to work at this. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. It's a work, but it's a work of faith. You know, can I give you the best example I know? I'm not lazy. I'm not a lazy person. I know it sounds braggy. I don't like to brag. I'm just, I, I think I can make that assessment myself. I'm not, I'm not a lazy person. People marvel. I got two full-time jobs. How do you do it? Just, I'm just a dynamo of activity. I can do twice as much as the normal man because I'm just so awesome, right? No, I'm not even going to joke. Well, I am joking about that. I'm not, I'm not going to try to get you to think that that's the way it really is. Early on, I understood this. Come unto me, all ye at labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. What's a yoke? <laughs> Something, it's an instrument of work. Work that an ox does. And we're yoked up together with Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus is mighty. Me, mm, less so. Less so, Okay. Um, who's the head ox in this team, me and Jesus? Well, Jesus is, okay? I think we can all see that, right? Because he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's a, it's a place of joy working with Jesus Christ. And if you don't, you can amen that, or you can silently in your own heart, you haven't done it. If you work with Jesus, you can say, oh, yeah, I know, I, I'm feeling you, Adam. I know exactly what you mean. I know what it is to be yoked up with Jesus. Listen, here's my joke I always say this all the time Jesus you grab the piano I'll take the sheet music that's how it works he does the heavy lifting and in my life and I don't care if it's my alter ego out there in the in the world earning my bread right or here he does the heavy lifting I mean he really does I don't know how many times in in the course of a week where I feel like I'm in over my skis most like Monday morning okay uh, help me Lord and does he yeah all the time 
I'm going to this meeting with uh, the big bosses, and I'm thinking, eh, I'm going to be a knucklehead, and they're going to ask a lot of questions. I don't know the answer for them. And I don't know the way things are going. It's not my fault. God knows it's not my fault. And if you be blamed for anything that you didn't do, did anyone, is that just me? I, all the time, all the time. And, and you know what I do in a situation like that? Lord, because I have no other resource and I lean in on Jesus. Can you help me through this? Can you help me through this? We're going to have this meeting. I've got to go talk with this guy. I'm going to tell this guy, you know, I'm going to fire this guy. I've got to do this. I gotta, and, and I was like, and it's all heavy lifting. And I'm, it's way past my ability to, so what do I do? I enter into this rest where I'm, I'm striving. To, I mean, it's hard work. It's faith. It's, it's, you gotta, it's something you have to maintain. But it's... It's, it's being yoked up together with Jesus. Now, when Jesus says that, come to me, all yet labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Is he talking about salvation there? Or is he just talking about that life where you just, you're already saved and you're teamed up with him in ministry or life? Or what is it anyway? I think it's all those things. He's just saying, listen, come to me, open-ended. I'm whatever you need me to be. I'm salvation, I'm strength, I'm wisdom in a, in a difficult situation. I'm, I'm, I don't have great wisdom, but he does. I don't have graciousness to forgive, but he does. I don't have a backbone of titanium that I stand up to anyone fearlessly. But he does. He's all I need. And I found that to be helpful. And I hope you do. If you're really struggling, you're yoked up together with him. Because uh, there's a, a, a lightness to his yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You remember, the, it's, a, it's a, let us therefore labor Therefore, to enter into his rest. Has anyone got a little more, more insight into that now that I've discussed it? Because I think that's what we're talking about here. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Unbeha- bad behavior? No, unbelief. Lord, I don't believe. I don't believe you're equal to the task. I don't believe you can, you can get me there. This is what religion does, I told you. Um, I, I was brought up religious, so I talked to religious people all the time. Trust Jesus. And they're saying, what, you mean turn my back on all the things that I have done? All the mountains of payment I have credited to my account from all the, well, in my situation, all the masses I've gone to, all the rosaries I've counted, all the candles I've had, lit all the, and just turn your back on all that and trust Jesus? Um, That's exactly what I'm saying. And whatever the religion is. And I told you before about religion. It's going to bring you to one of two places. You know, it's funny, the two most religious people I know are my sister and my mom. And I said to them, I said, religion will bring you to one of two places. Either you'll perceive that you're doing it well and you get kind of an arrogance like, you know, I'm way up here and God really approves me and all the other, Psh, well, you know, you're not, you're not cutting the mustard. and you're, and you, So you kind of look like kind of a Pharisee on everyone else who isn't quite as holy as you are. 
or you'll perceive you're doing it really bad and then you'll it'll lead to depression like i'm not making it i'm not doing enough and my sister said, and my mom said, I know exactly what you're talking about, because one of them said, <laughs> it's funny, I can't make this stuff up. One of them said, yeah, I always feel like, and they compared himself to the saints and how they were so austere and so godly and so good, and she was doing so bad. And the other one said, yeah, I really feel like, because, you know, as I compare myself with everybody else, I'm really living the life, and they're not. And I thought, like, hello? <laughs> God doesn't want you to be either self-righteous or depressed all the time. Trust in Jesus and be normal, but they, neither one of them got it. I don't understand why. You know why, why it is? I do understand why. It's unbelief. It's unbelief. That's all it is. I don't believe in Jesus. I believe in my ability to, to make God happy by all my activity. That's the antithesis of the gospel. A lot of people fall in the wilderness, carcasses. <laughs> I don't want my body characterized as a carcass falling in the wilderness. And who cares about where your body falls? I mean, it's not the issue. The issue is like, I don't want to be characterized by God. Because you know what the scripture says? The death of one of his saints is precious in his eyes. And he doesn't characterize your death as carcasses falling in the wilderness. But let's keep going. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit uh, and of the joints and the marrow. It is the discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Are you surprised to find that verse there in this discussion? You know how sometimes we know a verse, we know it really well, but it, when we read it in its context, we're like, huh, is that th why is that there? I don't know. This one is really a tough one for me. Uh, but what it's saying about the word of God, okay, it's quick. It means it's really fast, like Alka-Seltzer, speedy, you know? No, no, it means it's live. When it talk, the Bible talks about the quick and the dead, it's talking about the living and the dead. The Word of God is alive. Isn't, isn't that incredible? You know, I, I, I'll tell you, it, it, it doesn't work like you'd think it would work. I remember Joe Foch in a sermon I was listening to by him, he was teaching on Levitical dietary laws and people come, got up at the end and wanted to get saved. It doesn't have the outcome that you expect. Like I'm teaching about this and people repent from what I'm explaining about a sin and it's something that we're all involved in. People say, yeah, that's icky. I don't want to do that anymore. And they come and pray, listen, will you pray? Because I, I think that's something that what you're saying is true. And I, That happens. But... but Things happen that are like, I wasn't even, you know what's funny? Uh, uh, this is funny. This, this really is. So I'm teaching, and someone will say, oh, that meant so much to me. I say, oh, praise God. Because you know what? Praise God. I get it, all right? I'm Balaam's donkey at best. I get that, okay? And then they'll say, you know, when you said, and then they'll, tell back, then they'll repeat back to me what I said and what, how it meant so much to them. Except here's the missing thing, the, let me, the, the rest of the story, so to speak. I didn't say what they're saying I said. How did, how did that happen? I, I didn't say that. Oh, but that's good. I like that. I'm going to use that in my next sermon. I, 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 didn't, I can't even think what you just said. I, I didn't have those thoughts. What happens? I was in the neighborhood, and I say the Holy Spirit built the bridge to where they needed to be. Probably. Why do, you, why do you think I always say praise God? Because it's got nothing to do with me. And I, and I totally get that. The, why, why am I saying this? Why am I saying this? Listen. 
The Word of God is living. Past my ability to teach it. It's the life is in the Word. You know, the, the, Jesus says the sower goes and he sows the seed. What happens? Growth. Because the life is in the seed. It's in the Word. It's, 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 it's not my ability to sow it. Just take it out of the bag and scatter it. It'll do its own because life is in the Word. The Word of God is, is living. It's powerful. It's powerful to the pulling down of strongholds. Oh, Satan's got a hold of my life. I'm, I'm never going to be able to stop. Stop. This is what gets me mad all the time. Stop. God's more powerful through his word. My life is mayhem and, and bad and everything, and he was able to overcome. Because at the end of the day, what I hear is Jesus can't, and I'm thinking, oy vey. Isn't that unbelief? To a degree. Doesn't it? Isn't it? Well, I've, I've never been able to beat the drugs. I can introduce you to so many people who have. I can't hear that. I can't hear that as an excuse and say, oh, well, you're right. Because every time Jesus comes up against drugs, especially like heroin, okay? I mean, if it's little stuff like, you know, coffee or something, I think Jesus on a good day can beat that. But if it's heroin, forget about it. He ain't got that in his, in his bag of tricks or something. Are you, are you, are you serious? Are you... That, ah, it just makes me crazy. Word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Look, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's sharp, and we're talking about its sharp, sharpness. It, it can cut down between so, that was soulless and that was the spiritual. You can't. You don't know the difference. The Word of God does. It's sharp, but it's a two-edged sharp. What does that mean? When you wield it, and I know this well, I'm as liable to get cut as cut. What does that mean? Well, I'm sharing this, but I'm not convicted by it at all. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. Sometimes if I would give an altar call about some things, I'd be the first one to answer my own altar call because it's a two-edged sword. It's not a dainty little scalpel. I can just cut out somebody's cancer as I wield this artfully in your life. Oh, it doesn't work like that. It's a warrior's two edges, we're both getting bloody. And the, the one who's teaching isn't above his own teaching. Uh, it's, it's likely to cut me as it is to cut you. Um, I'm, we're going to pick up this, and I kind of, I, I knew I wouldn't finish the whole chapter. I was kind of hoping to finish this verse, but I'm not going to because it, it, there's a lot needs to be said here. We'll pick up this next time, uh, and, that's, and that's fine, Okay. Uh, so if our worship worshipers, our worship team will come and send us out of his song, the rest of us can stand and we'll pray. Lord, I don't know if I've uh, articulated, maybe another swing and a miss, but I don't know if I've articulated the rest that's ours in Christ. And Spirit of God, I'm asking you to talk with us. We don't want to be people of disbelief. We don't want to have our carcasses that were fall in the wilderness. We want to enter in. We want to 
to uh, experience that rest that you have for us. We want to work to enter into that rest. And we want to work together with you, uh, just again, thinking of our gracious master's words, come unto me all that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I'm meek and lowly of heart. You shall find rest unto your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Lord, help us to find that rest, working together with Jesus. We ask it in his name. Amen. It is our desire to get God's word out to all, so our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses, and if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org. Grace and peace. And everything I want out dear, I count it all.